Welcome to the Rural School Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Tabber. In this first episode, I am joined by my husband, Brian Ferris. We'll discuss a range of topics from the challenges and rewards of living in a rural area to advice from people looking to transition to working from home. There's also a great story about how our initial internet connection was found by the grace of goats. If you enjoy our conversation, please be sure to subscribe so you don't miss the next episode. Hi, Brian. How are you doing tonight? I'm doing well. Thanks, Mike. Uh, so I wanted to have you on the podcast for a couple reasons. Um, first, you're my husband and hopefully my number one fan. Number two is that you grew up in a pretty large city and now you're living in the middle of a cornfield. So give us kind of the high level overview of how you ended up in the middle of a cornfield. And it literally is in the middle of a cornfield. Um, so when I was in elementary school, I think it was around fourth grade, we moved from a very small town in Illinois to San Antonio, which is, you know, one of the largest cities in the U.S. So it's currently number eight. And, um, and I lived there a good chunk of my life, ended up moving to New Mexico for work, and then North Carolina. Actually, in between New Mexico, went back to San Antonio for a stint, then to North Carolina. Then um, that's where we met. Um, went from North Carolina to Houston. Um, so went from the eighth largest city in the U.S. to the third largest. Um, and I think we were there for 12 years. 12 years, I think, yeah. yeah. And um, I always had a feeling I'd end up uh, living close to your folks. I just, I always felt like that was going to happen one day. And um, and then when the opportunity came for me to work remotely, uh, we took the chance and bought a wonderful fixer-upper in the middle of a cornfield. So you lived in San Antonio, a super large city, Albuquerque, New Mexico, just outside of Raleigh-Durham which uh, in North Carolina, which is where we met, mm-hmm. um, and the fourth largest city in America, third largest, uh, Houston. So when we were looking for a house, we had been looking for a while, gosh, what was it, four or five years probably for a property up here? That sounds about right. And in Incognito. Right, without telling anybody we were really looking. Um, didn't want to get my family's hopes up. Um, initially, we had, we had thought maybe this would be a vacation home, you know, a place to stay. After seeing the property and on the drive back to Houston, Brian decided that uh, he could work from home and we would just move here. So it all happened pretty quick. Um, it was probably two months, maybe. Yeah, I, I was not ready for the house to sell as quickly as it did. That was that was a bit of a shocker. I think we had originally planned it was going to be six months to a year of having both residents, and it was there was no big rush on selling the house in Houston. Um, but little did we know it was going to um, sell the day that it got listed. Yeah. So things sped up a little bit. I had spent about three months up here working on the house, um, working on the demo while you were in Houston tying stuff up. And uh, Mm -hmm. when you moved up here, what was the very first thing that uh, was a shock for you living in Nebraska, in in rural Nebraska versus Houston or or the cities you grew up in? 
so I am not, I would not call myself handy by any stretch of the imagination. So coming into a complete gut and remodel, not fully understanding what's all involved in that, that was probably the biggest shocker. The other, the, the other things like the, um, how, <laughs> and I, I, I say this tongue in cheek, but how spread out everything is. You know, we're seven miles south of your hometown, seven miles east of the town that we, that our address is in, seven, eight miles, something like that. Um, you know, going to the nearest Walmart or Target or mall is um, about almost 50 miles. It takes about 50 minutes to get to Norfolk, yeah. <laughs> so that that was a big change. Um I remember, I remember growing up where my mom's trips to the grocery store, you know, that was like an all day thing. Um, like she would go to the grocery store and, and she wouldn't be back till you know, late in the afternoon. And that was when we lived in Illinois. So, you know, I, I totally understand <laughs> what, uh, you know, what was going on then now. It was something that I never really, you know, put two and two together with before. I remember one of our very first struggles when we first moved here was uh, the internet. You weren't up here yet, and I had the guy who was coming to install our internet, which is a satellite-based internet, looking for for where where a receiver could go. And the goat story is my favorite story. And uh, he he couldn't find one. We spent gosh probably an hour hour and a half wandering around the property looking for this. Should have direct line of sight. We'd given up and. I was going to have to break the news to you that we weren't going to have internet at our house. And that was going to throw a big wrench in the plans because working from home requires an internet connection. Then the neighbor's goats started making noise and the the installer and I walk over to talk to the goats and he leans over the fence and he says, Hey, is that, is that so-and-so's green bin there? And I'm like, I think so. And lo and behold, we could bounce off, an antenna on that grain bin and get our internet. So without the goats, we wouldn't have had the internet. And and that unfortunately is not an uncommon story in these parts. We luckily, after about a year and a half, uh, got fiber installed to our house. So now we have an amazing internet connection, very comparable to what we had in the city as well as our seven closest neighbors because the fiber line had to go right by their house. It was a, it was not a small feat to get the internet at our house. I, I spent hours and hours and hours on the phone and emails and going to meetings and, and advocating for us so that we could get an internet connection here. When for the first, I don't know, month, couple of months, um, I was able to go in town and, and work at your mom's. Everybody's dream, going to work at your mother-in-law's house. Um, <laughs> no, your mom was awesome. Um, I had lunch every day. It was fantastic. But <laughs> I had always thought that, you know, if there was a problem with internet at the house or, you know, if it wasn't, you know, able to handle, you know, my workload, that we could always, you know, rent some place to, you know, some type of office space. Um you know, for me to work out of. I wasn't as concerned about that. It was just the, I guess, more so the convenience factor. 
it's, you know, new state, new town. For the first three months, I got lost every time I left. You know, I'm not used to the whole grid pattern of Nebraska. Everything is a grid here. I'm used to loops and and uh, highways and access roads. And, um, and here you have, like, we literally have two ways to get out of here. <laughs> so one of my favorite things about living here is getting to spend time with my nieces and nephews and their kids and, and going to their sporting events and watching their school plays and all that good stuff, which isn't something that I got to do. I, I spent 20 years out and about. I, I lived in Omaha. I lived out on the East Coast for a while. That's where we met. Then in Houston, only coming to visit, you know, once a year. So so you visited once a year um, for the last 13 years. Mm-hmm. What's the difference between visiting here and living here? <laughs> oh, you know, I was I was actually talking to to my sister in law Anita, and it, it's it's in in some ways it still feels like we're visiting or you know on an extended vacation. I don't know. Part of it, I guess, still hasn't like quite sunk in. I, I mean, we're only going on what three years? A little over, yeah. <laughs> um, but. Uh, I don't know. It's, it's some days it still feels like, you know, we could head back to Houston on on you know Friday, and I could still make it into the office by Monday, even though nobody's currently in the office. But um, everybody that that was probably one of the biggest adjustments for me, because I had been working in an office for basically my entire adult life, and so switching from a office setting where you're constantly bumping into people, you're constantly, you know, literally water cooler talk, you know, at the coffee machine, going out to lunch with people. I think for me, that was the biggest, that was the biggest change. That was the, um, the, the, the biggest thing that I underestimated was not having that social, not, not having that face-to-face time um, with, you know, people that I've worked with for, for 10 plus years. Now, <laughs> with everything that's happened um, due to the pandemic and, and COVID, everybody has got to experience my, my cabin fever from, you know, from working at home. Um, I feel like I was just finally ahead of the curve on something, and everybody else is, is now catching up with it. I think, and for, you know, for all the, for all the changes that we've gone through and for all the the things that are different, um, you know, I, I miss the convenience factor of living in a city where you have, you know, 24 hour a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year. There's always something that's open. Um, I miss Starbucks. Um, I know it's a very uh, cliche thing to say, but I do miss coffee shops like, you know, being able to. There was um, there was a few that we used to frequent. There was third gen right by where we used to live. There was one downtown that I missed the name of. It was very old-timey, two-story building. Agora. Agora Coffee, yeah. I, I miss that. Like, um, I miss going to the movie and then, you know, going out for coffee afterwards or going out for dinner and coffee, that kind of thing. But uh, don't get me wrong. I I think that the trade-off is more than worth it. I you know, Living in Houston, my, my family... 
um, lives closer to San Antonio. So, you know, we were always at least three and a half hours away from, you know, from any type of um, birthday or, or holiday. And it, it's funny that you say that because we used to think nothing of, of hopping in the car and running to San Antonio for a birthday dinner or something. And that was a three hour drive. And now to drive seven miles to the grocery store, I'm like, do I really need that stick of butter? <laughs> it, perspective changes when when you are living rural versus in the city. Yeah. And that was three and a half hours each way. Right, so right. We'd drive three and a half hours, go have dinner for a couple hours, then jump in the car and turn around and come back. And here, it, it's... It, it's also one of the big differences about living here versus living in the city is in the city, it, it seemed like, and I don't know if it was just because of our friends or, you know, or colleagues from work, it feels like everybody was constantly working, you know, um, to a certain degree. And, and here it's been nice that it's, it's a different pace. It's like once, um, uh, like Everybody here works extremely hard, um, but it, they're they're able to take a step back and disconnect. It seems a lot easier than a lot of you know a lot of my friends, a lot of our mutual friends, and a lot of my my coworkers have been able to. So we we've talked a lot about the fact that you work at home. Tell tell us about um, what you do. So I work for IBM. Um, so any opinions expressed in this are surely my own. But uh, um, and I work in IBM Cloud Support, um, and I work with a wonderful team. But uh, it's my job is um, like support strategy and operations, and so. You know, it's measuring performance, it's, um, you know, voice of the customer, um, and analytics, and, you know, it's kind of a, and, you know, managing projects and, and that kind of thing. So mine has changed considerably, I feel like, over the last, you know, several years um, to where I feel like I'm, you know, constantly working on different projects, but I, I have to... You know, this means a lot of conference calls. This means, a, and once the pandemic started, a lot of video conference calls. You know, it, it's a lot of communication. And I think in a way that because everybody is remote now, everybody that I worked with in the office is now working from home due to due to the pandemic. Um, I think that that's made the transition easier. And I think that, you know, for a lot of people, I mean, there was a recent story that, I can't remember if it was Facebook or Google, but, you know, they're going to, you know, they've extended their remote work from home for another year. Um, and I, I think that it's going to be a slow return to the office for a lot of companies. Um, I think that, uh, you know, we've, this has been a learning experience for everybody, for employees, for employers, you know, for all different types of industries um, as to just exactly how much of that can be done from home and how much needs to be done in our office. And I do see pros and cons for both. Um, I do miss, you know, being in an office at times. Um, I think that the com- these companies having all of their employees working from home currently is a huge 
win for rural America, for communities like ours, because it, it will allow people who don't end up returning to an office to be able to live and work wherever they want, um, much like you do, right? So we, we get to experience this amazing community, um, this rural community, and um, still have that job that, that isn't, isn't uh, a local job. Well, so it, it, it's bringing outside money into the local economy. So it, it definitely is a plus for our community. Well, and I think that it's definitely a plus for the employees as well. And the reason I say that is the work-life balance. That's that's something that, um, you know, that, that is talked about a lot, um, you know, in the company that I work for and the importance of a work-life balance and, you know, being able to take a step back and, and disconnect, you know, on whether it's vacations or, you know, um, or the weekend or, or whenever you get the opportunity. And I feel like living in a rural community, it's easier to, to step back and, and not be, not be drawn back in as, as easily during, during off peak hours. Now, don't get me wrong. That, that's a learned, (laughs) that's a learned skill. Um, you know, I was one of many people who, you know, when, when all of this started happening was, you know, signing on earlier, staying on later. Um, and I still, to some extent have a problem with that. I, I admit, um, but living in a rural area before the pandemic, you know, our evenings were at basketball games or wrestling matches or baseball. Um, there was always, you know, some activity that was going on with, with, you know, with the local school and, you know, there was craft shows on weekends, you know, farmer's market. We we were fortunate enough to be able to see a lot of the sites around here, um, you know, the Neely Museum and, and you know, experiencing things like that. I mean, um, I think that being able to get out and do things like that, part of it is because, you know, we haven't lived, you know, we haven't lived here our whole lives or, or you know, at least in, in your adult life. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, being able to revisit some of the things from your childhood um, and for me to be able to experience some of these things is, you know, brand new. I think that that's made a big difference. And I think that, you know, when you live in the city, it's a lot harder to get away. It, it's, you know, you, you kind of through those social interactions at work, you, you know, like these are really good places to eat downtown. These are really nice, you know. Uh, bars or coffee shops or diners or uh, a good pub Um, and you know I mean just getting out of Houston took an hour Um, you know by the time you 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 know drove through it and you had to stop here or stop there Um, so one of the things that I really miss about the city and, and you kind of touched upon this is the convenience factor, the the twenty four seven. Here, it's a little more structured. Uh, you have nine to five stuff. <laughs> you have your ten to six stuff. You have. Um, we are lucky. Our grocery store is open six days a week, and it's open till seven p.m. Um, a lot of communities don't have that. A lot of communities don't even have grocery stores. 
So that having to get things done within a certain time frame was definitely a, a learn, a, a re-education for me. What types of things for you, community-wise, have been different? So you have to... I feel like you, you have to put a little bit more thought into your trips. Um, you have to like make the most out of it. You have to be a little bit more efficient with your time. Um, when you know, my commute at, when we lived in Houston, my commute to work was 45 minutes on a good day. And here it's, you know, 45 minutes to go to target. Um, so I think that you have to be a little bit smarter and, you know, um, and you have to plan out things a little bit better. From a convenience factor, yes, I do miss the 24-hour, you know, uh, grocery stores, um, gas stations, I don't, you know, places like that. I, I uh, well, even, even like the hardware store, <laughs> you know, it's like I'm used to having a, a Home Depot and a Lowe's and... <clears throat> You know, if they didn't have what I needed, then I could go to the next one, which is, you know, four miles down the road from there. So it was, if you couldn't find it in Houston, you could find it in the Woodlands. If you couldn't find it in the Woodlands, you could drive up to Conroe, you know, and that was, you know, that was, you know, what, 50 miles? It wasn't, you know, any different, but it was, you know, in between there, you could, you could hit four different Home Depots and, and six different Lowe's, you know, um, and here, you know, we have a local hardware store, local lumberyard, um, a local grocery store. Um, I do miss the selection and the, like, you could go in, in Texas, everybody knows H-E-B. Um, the grocery store. Which was, you know, our local grocery store. And you could find anything. I mean, in the two closest grocery stores here, they're both four aisles. I think one of them is six. No, and four to four to six aisles. Yeah, um, <laughs> and it was in in Houston. That was the size of the wine section, or you know, um, the produce section was probably the size of half the grocery store here. You know, to to kind of tag onto that though, the store owners here have been amazing about if there's a specific product that we want. Um, if we ask them if they can order it, they'll get it and they'll they'll store it on their shelves for us. If it's something we need, you know, once a week or once a month or um, they'll order in whatever quantity they have to order and then uh, keep it on hand for us. So there's a waiting factor in there. A Amazon definitely isn't um, overnight anymore, you know, but there are, but, but that's a trade-off, right? So we have amazing things like, we know what one of the reasons that well, I'm trying to think, I can't think of anything in particular that we purchased on a regular basis that we haven't found here. One of the things that I really can appreciate about where we live is when I go to the grocery store, <clears throat> I know who's making that profit. When I go get my gas, I know who's making the profit off, off my gas. I know that when I go to the diner, I know where that money is going and and 
then in turn, so much of that money stays local. It's given back to the schools. It's, it's advertising in the local newspaper. It's um, you know, doing things that, that create jobs and, and reaches out further and makes a bigger impact than, you know, if I go to Home Depot and, and spend $100, who knows where that money's going to. But if I go to the local hardware store here and spend $100, I know that's going to Tammy. Does that make sense? Yeah. So I, I think that was a, a a driver for me wanting to move back to a small town. We we've talked a little bit about redoing our house and we bought a nineteen eighteen farmhouse. We tore it down to studs, uh, reconfigured a couple rooms and rebuilt the house. Uh some reconfigured while Mike was gone, but it worked out. <laughs> Um, but in doing so, we bought probably 90% of our, our supplies from the local lumber yard and the local hardware store. And, um, we're very conscientious about doing that to, to make sure that we were supporting the communities that, that we live around. And I like to think that, that, that is a common theme in, rural America is is the thought behind where a dollar is spent. So we've talked a lot about the things that we miss from the city and, and the great things about the community we live in. What are some areas that could be improved upon to maybe attract some more young families to our communities? Well, there are two things that I can think of right off the top of my head. A coffee shop? No. Okay, three things. <laughs> Um, housing. Um, it took us, it took us years, um, to actually find some place that we really liked. And there was another house that we looked at, which was north of Orchard. That was beautiful, you know, nice plot of land on it. But, um, it was on a minimum maintenance road, which means it's. I I, I would say it's like best effort on, uh, <laughs> best effort on keeping it clear. So, um, you know, if we had weather like this weekend, then um, you would simply be stuck. Um, and while I was, you know, happy to move to a rural area, I think that was a little bit far for me. It was a little too rural. A little too rural, and. Um, and the other thing is affordable, good internet, which I know is something near and dear to your heart. Um, I I think part of the issue with you know both of those is is you know with housing, um, maybe not wanting to grow super big, super fast, um, and, and I can understand that because there is a certain charm in you know small communities um but if you do want to grow and be sustainable for the future you need to you know you need to invest in in that well and i I think part of that also is there is attachment right there's the house i grew up in and spent 20 years in and then um when my parents built in a new house and and my sister moved in for has lived there for the next 20 years you know then you have grandma betty's house down the road and and before it was Grandma Betty's, it was Grandma Betty's mom's, and you know, 
Um, so I think we have so we have a lot of attachment, and, and that's both good and bad for the housing market. There's a number of houses that that need to be tore down and the lot become available to build on. But then you have that cost. Am, am I, is my house going to appraise for the amount that I need it to in order to get a, a, to sell it or, or to get a mortgage on it because of building cost versus property values here? Um, I think that's a, a, a driver of our, our housing. Um, you mentioned the, the not wanting to grow too big too fast. And I think if we spend some time and deliver, make sure that the things that we do in the housing realm are very deliberate, that we could make a big impact. But again, it comes down to the money behind it and, and where does that come from? Right. And, and, and I, I think just, being more opening and more welcoming to having, you know, new families come in, you know, because not only is that going to bring income into your local economy, you know, but also that's going to help with, you know, with schools and having more students and more enrollment, um, more funds available for the schools. Um, I think when we went through Orchard, we could not, at, at, at one point, we couldn't find anything that was for sale at that time. Yeah, there, there's, there was, um, you know, since we've moved here, I think there's only been, there's been less than a handful um, that have gone up for sale. Yeah. Um, whether that means that they're, they're, it's, they're going through a, a private sale rather than a realtor or, or whatnot. I, I, so I think, you know, for the lots and the houses that are sitting empty, they need to be renovated and you know sold or renovated and made into rental properties. But there's still too many sitting empty in too many local communities. That's that's just my opinion. Now, from an internet standpoint, um, you know I was actively looking for a place to to um, office out of if it didn't work out for us. Um, but I don't know if everybody has that same luxury and I really, you know, from, from talking to people and, and from, you know, listening to some of your conversations with others, um, it's a different understanding and it might be because I work in technology, but it's a different understanding here of what quote unquote broadband is or good internet is versus living in the city and i think part of that is you know in the city you had don't get me wrong we didn't have a lot of competition but we at least had two you know two providers to choose from um on a good you know on a good year maybe a third but it was typically two that you chose from and i think that the competition between the two sparked um you know the rollout of fiber where we lived and the rollout of high-speed internet um, and here it was very challenging to get one, uh, provider to, 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 you know, to get, to get service to us. Um, but if 
what you're comparing it to is, you know, sorry, but if what you're comparing it to is bad, um, then it only has to be a little bit less worse, you know, for it to, you know, for it to be an improvement. And right. I, I remember when mom and dad went from a DSL connection to the fixed wireless that they have now. And um, they were so excited with how great and how fast it was. And I can remember coming home on a vacation and trying to upload some pictures to my, my online backup and it taking all day. Whereas at home, it would have been a matter of minutes. Um, so I think you're absolutely correct that it's, it's, if you're comparing it to what you have and it's a, it's a little tiny bit better, it's, that's a huge jump. Um, if you don't know what's out there, then you don't know any better. And that's not, that's not to fault any person that lives here. It, it, it's um, the telecoms choosing not to um, service an area that might not be as profitable for them. Right. So, so housing and, and a coffee shop and uh, the internet are all areas that, that uh, could be improved upon. What is your absolute favorite thing about living in the rural area that we live in? <laughs> um, it goes back to what you were talking about with the local businesses, you know, um, seeing like the owner of a local restaurant, you know, um, sharing their story and experience when the bond was being passed for the new school, um, going to, you know, going to a restaurant and seeing the owner working, like, you know, rolling up their sleeves and, and, you know, helping to clear tables and serve food and, and clean up dishes. Um, you know, when, when, when we go to the gas station, you know, it's not uncommon for the owner, you know, to be there working. Um, and whether that's in the kitchen preparing food or whether that's, you know, up front working the, the register, um, same thing at the hardware store, you know, you see the owner, you know, actually at the hardware store working, you know, working their business. Um, and the fact that I am, I am still learning people's names and putting names with faces. Um, and I thought I was good at it, but when you kind of get, um, you know, inundated with meeting a ton of new people over a very short amount of time, um, you know, I, 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 I fall short when it comes to remembering everybody's names, but the fact that, uh, you know, it's, Oh, I know, you know, Hey, how you doing, Brian? It's like, Oh, Hey, you know, I'm doing great. Thanks. And how's the house coming along and, and stuff like that, you know? Um, and then trying to figure out who it was you were just talking to. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, I, I guess it's the close knit community, I guess is, is one of the things that, that I, uh, I enjoy the most. Um, I like going to, you know, when the, you know, the firemen have the pancake references and when the Rex Theater is doing, you know, some type of dinner or fundraiser or, you know, going to the, the local craft shops where it's not, you know, um, everything that you could order online. It's, you know, people actually creating, um, you know, creating their, their goods and wares and, and selling them. Um, it's the, it, it literally is that small town community that you see on, 
you know, on the Hallmark movies. Like, that's literally what we live in. You know, you mentioned a close-knit community, and about a month ago, um, there was a house fire in town. And within one week, they had a new house to live in. This The sale agreement of it um, wasn't finalized or anything, but even before they moved in, or I mean, even after they moved in, all that wasn't finalized. It was, I know you want it, you're good for it, move in. We'll, we'll figure that out later. The, the day that they moved in, um, they had furniture, most of the house furnished by furniture that people either had in storage or had um, an extra chair or an extra this or that. It, it was, I, re- I read the story in the paper last week and it was um, kind of an amazing story to hear how the community just came together and made sure that these lifelong residents didn't miss a beat even though that they just lost everything in a house fire. Yeah. And it's things like that that make living in our communities. And I, I know that, that in a larger community, the same types of things happen and, and there's um, foundations that take care of you and, and whatnot. But it's just a different level in a small town, which makes it, like you said, one of the amazing things to live here. So... If you had to give a piece of advice to somebody who is going to move to a small town from a city and work remotely, what would that piece of advice be to you, for, from you? Do not renovate the house that you're living in. <laughs> that is my number one recommendation. If you're going to do a renovation, don't live in the house. Um, a, so, a total renovation. Like yeah, we, yeah. we slept on an air mattress for six months. <laughs> But um, no, I guess if, if, if somebody was, was going to be moving from a city to a rural area and they were going to work remotely, I would tell them to ease into it. And what I mean by that is, you know, while you're still in the city, you know, a couple of months before you, you know, sign off and you plan on, on working remotely from home, then, you know, maybe for the first two weeks, you work a day from home and then you go to two days working from home and then, you know kind of ease into not being in the office at all because it was it was challenging I would say for me but I was fortunate in that I have I work with a really strong team and we would meet every morning for 30 minutes no it was 15 minutes and then once a week we did a, a video conference with everybody for for 30 minutes and then there was one-on-ones throughout the week so I was constantly getting that interaction that still that um that you know that that face-to-face interaction with the team um but i I think for somebody moving remotely like ease into it like start before you leave and and you know do you know two days from home then three days from home then try a week from home and see how it works Um, and i think you'll learn a lot that way and i think it won't be as big of a um, challenge or shock for you or for the people that you work with Excellent. I think that we've covered a lot of, of ground. You know, we, we've talked about some some of our favorite things, some of the things we miss, some great advice for people who are going to maybe make this type of transition. And um, I, I certainly appreciate you taking the, the time out of your evening. Yes, thank you. Thank you for having me. <laughs> I want to thank you for taking the time to listen today. I hope you enjoyed the first episode of the Rural is Cool podcast. 
There are many more great conversations to come. Be sure to rate and review us in the Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. This helps more people like you find us. Until next time.